This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It is what you read when you don't have to that determines what you will be when you can't help it. Oscar Wilde said this, and I say this, that I can't help being an avid reader and your go-to grandma. Welcome to episode 31, where we are literally hitting the books. I'm Kathy Buckworth, your host, and today we're going to wander through some book recommendations from two people who have actually written the books on this topic. It's March break week, and many families are either heading to the beach or perhaps calling on grandparents to watch the kids while they have to continue to work. We've got something for everyone today. Children's author Caroline Fernandez is going to tell us about her picks for March break for kids of all ages, as well as share some reading ideas for grandparents and grandkids. Can't be there in person? She has some terrific virtual reading tips for reading with your grandkids as well. Linwood Barclay is a New York Times bestselling author and an avid reader himself. I have read every single one of his books, have heard him speak, and have been lucky enough to meet him in person a couple of times. Once in a green room while we both waited to go on a television show, and once when he invited me to his doorstep so he could sign a book for my mom, who is after me, one of his biggest fans. He's going to tell us about his new best-selling thriller, Find You First, and share with us his favorite authors and reads you'll want to get before you head out for the plane ride to that beach. Young or old, reading is something that is always an important part of our lives. Young investors might do things differently than older investors, but we can learn from each other. Our Take 5 with RBC series continues with a look at an RBC Direct Investing Insights poll, which reveals that young investors aren't all jumping online for quick short-term gains. An interesting study to get you thinking about your long-term investment goals. With a last name like Buckworth, you'd think I'd know a lot about investing, but I can always learn more, and so can you. So get your tea or coffee, find a cozy seat, or listen while you get your early morning walk in. It's all good, and it's all coming up in the next half hour. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Fernandez is an award-winning author of children's books, magazine feature articles, and blog posts. She's the author of the popular Boredom Busters series, Stop Reading This Book, The Adventures of Grandma Soros, a series, Asha and Baz, and more. She writes, reads, and bakes in Toronto, Ontario. You can follow her on Twitter at Parent Club and her Instagram at Parent Club. Good morning, Caroline. Thanks for coming back on the show. Hi, Kathy. Nice to talk with you again. And this time, we're going to be talking about some great March break or spring break reading recommendations. Now, you are obviously an award-winning author of many books yourselves, and we would obviously recommend your books. Your Grandma Soros <laughs> series is my favorite, of course. But what are you thinking, Caroline, for you know kids during March break? It's such a great time to get away and get it in front of a book instead of a screen, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And books are a great way to escape, mm-hmm. I think, for kids. So I've put together a list of Canadian authors, because I think it's really great to support our own 
book creators. Mm -hmm. And if you're okay, I'm going to jump right in. Go for it. Obviously, with our picture book people, it's easy to go to some great authors, like French author Mireille Messier, who wrote My Ma Branche Préférée. It is an excellent, excellent, very immersive book. Nice. And I'm really excited about The Barnabas Project by the Sand Brothers, um, because this is a really interesting picture book about belonging and following your dreams, which I think is really, really interesting for kids. Hmm. For middle grade, we have two Governor General Award winners that I think uh, parents should keep an eye out for Firefly by Philippa Dowding and The King of Jam Sandwiches by Eric Walters. And Eric Walters, I think uh, he's written plus 100 books. He <laughs> he's fantastic. Yeah. He's a Canadian gem. Absolutely. And I started reading The King of Jam Sandwiches myself, and it is a book you can certainly like immerse yourself and fall into. And that's like a middle reader book, Carolyn? It is. It's yeah. a middle reader book and great for boys and girls. It is cool. a male protagonist. Oh, nice. But, you know, any kid would really, really be interested in that book. And, and middle grade is for grades like four to eight okay. sort of thing. Yeah. And if you're looking for something a little older for those like eight to, you know, grade nine to 12 who you're not quite sure, Fight Like a Girl by Sheena Kamal is okay. really interesting this year, as well as Gutter Child by Jael Richardson. Oh, I've heard of that book, actually. Angel Ridgeon's a great Canadian author. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, uh, all years you should be supporting Canadian authors, but especially this year, mm-hmm. it's been hard on uh, independent bookstores and Canadian authors. And if you can support Canadian, this is the year to do it. I agree with you. And, and I agree with you absolutely with your point about independent bookstores. So, you know, if we're, you know, either getting into a store or if you're still not comfortable with walking into a store, most of them, if not all of them now have, you know, curbside pickup or delivery, some way to get the books. And, and I agree with you so much about looking for Canadian authors, looking for, you know, Canadian bookstores, especially at a time like today and taking those books with you when you go somewhere else. And sometimes we're, we're going to the beach. Sometimes grandma and granddad are going with them to the beach, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what, parents still have to work and grandma mm-hmm. and granddad are in charge of keeping the kids entertained for the week. So what are some of the ideas you have for books to read together? Exactly, exactly. Well, I was thinking if grandparents were to start like a grandparent-grandchild book club. Nice. And if you are together or if you are at a distance, get the same book and read chapter by chapter and then have like a little discussion like, a, you know, let's, you know, take Tuesday night and have a phone call and what do you think about this chapter this week? Or let's, you know, re- you read a page, I'll read a page. Because I remember growing up and you'd be able to do tell a story at the, you know, the local library mm-hmm. gave out a phone number. You can still do that. Uh, grandparents can do like a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. once a day or once a week with their kids during March break or a phone call or if you're comfortable, a visit at grandma's house and read together. Mm-hmm. Or grandparent reads to the child, or the child reads to the grandparent. And I think that is a good way to get reading over March break and also have that important grandparent-grandchild time together. I agree, because sometimes we, we say, oh, we should, you know, we can Zoom with our grandkids, and, and especially as they get older, it's like, what do you talk about? You know, it's like, yeah. and so this just gets the conversation started. If you're not sure, you know, if you say how school, well, they're not in school, and it'll be a blank, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And I also, yeah. like, my grandsons, obviously, they're quite young, but my two-year-old grandson, we keep certain books at my house. So they're like grandma reads, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then he has his own books at his own house. So we keep yeah. them special for our house. But I like the idea also, if you are doing it virtually, of having that shared reading experience. I think it's a great idea. And I knew a grandparent who was taking an, like an hour a day to watch wow. kids over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the parents are in the room, but 
the the attention. Grandma's going to keep the kids focused for an hour. Yeah. And there would be reading, and then they would do a book scavenger hunt of, nice. hey, can you see this on this page? And can you find, you know, a word that starts with the letter A? And so there are activities that you can have around books. Right. That you can do too. And I think, you know, audiobooks also, right? For yeah. kids, especially, and not just older kids, but even young kids. And you can read along with the audiobooks as well if grandma and granddad are, and, and the parents are busy getting stuff done. You sitting them down with an audio a book mm-hmm. or to read along or to listen to can be a great uh, diversion away, again, away from a screen as well. Exactly, exactly. And like, even if grandma, as I said, the telestory, if grandma is the audiobook and you just go, ding, at the end, like you can, <laughs> you can make it fun to say, now can I turn the page? As long as there's no singing parts, because that would be bad if I did. <laughs> exactly. But it can be low tech. Like a, yeah. a lot of, I know a lot of grandparents might not be Zoom comfortable right, right. now. You can still do it over the phone. Yeah, You absolutely. can do it through a screen door if you have like a beautiful mm-hmm. day and you're having a porch visit. Like there are great ways to incorporate reading into a visit. Well, we can find out more about Caroline's terrific books and Boredom Busters. You're great. I mean, that's a fantastic series that you have going. That would be terrific at this time of the year too with activities for grandkids mm-hmm. and grandparents to do either virtually or together. And we can mm-hmm. find you on Instagram and Twitter at Parent Club. Thanks so much for your recommendations, Caroline. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thanks very much. Okay, take care. Have a great March break. You too. Thanks. Linwood Barclay is a New York Times bestselling author of more than 20 novels, two thrillers for young readers, and he wrote the screenplay adaptation of his novel, Never Saw It Coming. His novel, The Accident, was made into a TV series in France, and he counts Stephen King amongst his fans. His latest novel, Find You First, now in paperback, and his next book, Take Your Breath Away, will be released in North America in May. He lives in Toronto with his wife, Neetha, and has two grown children. Good morning, Linwood Barkley. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. Nice. Thanks for having me. Um, you know I'm a huge fan of your books. Um, why don't you tell people who, I don't know if there's anyone left on the planet who doesn't know your books, but tell us about your latest Find You First, which is, uh, an, again, a best-selling. Yeah, Find You First, which is now out actually in paperback here, is a story about a sort of tech guy, made a lot of money, he's in his early 40s, never been married, and he discovers that he has only got so much time left. He has... Uh, curable disease and said the doctor says to him well it's just as well you didn't have any kids because there's a 50 percent chance that what you have would be passed on to them and what the doctor doesn't know but that he does is that he was a sperm donor some 20 years ago and so he sets out to find after some soul searching these right. possible grown children that he may have to, first of all warn them to get checked but also who's he going to leave all this vast fortune to so and as he embarks on this mission, this quest to find these individuals, uh, they start vanishing one by one before he can get to them. I loved this story. It's, it's very typical of your books. Very, you know, thriller. Couldn't put it down at all. Tell me, and maybe you can't tell me, was your tech guy based on anyone in real life? <laughs> well, no, he, not not really. Not really. I mean, it's sort of, he's probably an amalgam of your of all of those sort of Elon Musk and yeah. those other people who are geniuses, but not always entirely likable. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It sort of seems to come with the territory, and, uh, but but he's, I think, ultimately not a bad guy, but he wants to do the right thing. But it was a great story. I didn't know where it was going to come out. And you have a new one coming out, is it May, I think, this year, called uh, Take Your Breath Away? Yeah, so mid-May. It actually came out in the U.K. It came out a little earlier. It came out beginning of February there. Oh, lucky. In fact, last week, we're number four on the bestseller list, which is very nice. But it comes out here in North America, Canada and the U.S., yeah, mid-May. It's called Take Your Breath Away. 
mm-hmm. and very quickly hits about a fellow whose wife vanished some six years ago, and the police always wondered if he had something to do with it. And so he, uh, to sort of avoid scrutiny, he moved, and in fact, the old house where he lived, the new buyers tore it all down. Six years later, one morning, a woman pulls into the driveway of that old house with a car full of groceries as if she's been gone for an hour, and she looks and she says, where's my house? What's happened to my house? And the neighbor looks over and thinks it looks like the woman who disappeared six years ago. But here she is, pulling into the driveway, looking, sees this new house uh, on the property, it's like she's been gone for 20 minutes. But so, what's happened? What's going on? Did, did she was is she back? Was she? Was wow! She, well, that's our kickoff to that mystery. I love it. I'm not going to ask you where you get your ideas from because I'm sure you get asked that many times. But I'm going to say, how many ideas are you working on at a time? <laughs> like, oh, not really. Man. No. Not, you know, I have to do. I need one great idea a right. year. Because oh. <laughs> I, I do a book a year, and so. I'll need to start writing another book sometime probably in October. Is that right? Another one. I have absolutely no idea what it will be. And so you have that resting period sort of between one novel to the next? Yeah, Yeah. I do. There's actually sort of a second novel this year, a bit of a treat. It will come out only a few weeks after um, Take Your Breath Away comes out in mid-May, in early June. Coming out first as an e-book is a novel called Look Both Ways, which will be out in print actually here before the end of the year, but we're doing it as an ebook first. And Look Both Ways is a bit of a departure for me. I describe it as more of a kind of a Michael Crichton kind of a thriller. Oh, nice. And it's, uh, I describe it as Think Jurassic Park, but instead of dinosaurs, it's self-driving cars. Oh, Think, I love it. Imagine being on an island with about a thousand Christines. That's oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Christine, Stephen King, I know um, when you get him to do the testimonial for your book, you know you know it's going to be great. And, and I love that. I watched you uh, both on a webinar one day, a, a few months ago, a, I think a crime yeah, series. Last, last yeah, last September. He, he, um, it was wonderful. You know, I've, I've known you for a few years a little bit. And various festivals will ask me, you know, thinking I have great influence that I could get him to come and do a chat at their festival with me or something. And he's almost always said no. And I asked him if... If he would, I was asked by a festival in Scotland if mm-hmm. he would do an online chat, and I said, you will say no, but I sent him a note, and he said, yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> so, and it was so, so had, good, yeah. We had this hour-long, very funny chat that we did for this audience uh, in back in September. Yeah, it was great. And it really diverged from literary matters a great deal. Mm-hmm. Which was... <laughs> was great about it. So, Linwood, I assume that you're probably an avid reader as well. What are you reading right now, and, and who are you liking right now in any field, fiction, nonfiction? Well, I'm just, you know, I've been reading all kinds of, I hear a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and a couple of, I recently read a nonfiction book by Carl Bernstein called Chasing History. Oh, nice. Bernstein, of course, of Woodward yep. and Bernstein, and all the presidents and so forth, he brought down President Nixon up with water, the Watergate mm-hmm. thing, but his book is subtitled A Kid in the Newsroom, and it's about getting hired to work on the Washington Times at the age of 16, oh, wow. and I just devoured that book. I oh, just good. loved it, because it, I mean, it reminded me, although the things that he was exposed to and covered were far grander, it reminded me a lot of the, my early days working in newspapers. At the Toronto Star. Examiner, the Toronto Star, yeah. places like that. Oh, very cool. Any fiction writers or books you're really uh, keen on right now? Well, you know, there's so many ones that I, that, different ones that I read. I know if people are looking for, you know, recommendations mm-hmm. for like a March break, and it all depends on what, how, what you know, what you want from a March break read, whether exactly. you really want something challenging, you want something 
fun. You know, I mean, you can pick up the latest mystery by by Cheryl Pena, which is yes. uh, you know not a happy family, or Lisa Gardner's one step one step too far, which I was asked, got an advanced copy of. I describe it as deliverance meets and there were none. Oh wow! <laughs> and the other ones, and and I would also highly recommend if people just want to have you know some fun. There's a UK writer named Richard Osman okay. who is kind of. You know, kind of uh, the Alex Trebek of England. He has, you know, game show stuff. But he's written two charming sort of mysteries called The Thirsty Murder Club and The Man Who Died Twice. And I describe them as like reading ice cream. They're so much (laughs) fun. Oh, I'm going to look those ones up. I haven't heard of him. Oh, they're fantastic. They're massive bestsellers over in in, in the UK and a lot of other places. But he hasn't quite got the recognition here yet, but they're just so enjoyable. Interesting. But you know, if you want something that, I think one of the best novels I read all last year was a novel called Never by mm-hmm. Ken Follett. And you know, I used to read Ken Follett years ago when he wrote sort of tighter thrillers like The Theater Rebecca, mm-hmm. The Eye of the Needle. And then he wrote these sort of massive, you know, doorstopper historical yep. things. And I kind of didn't get into those, but Never is his latest novel. And it's set in the current day and it will not take your mind off the world's current problems. It will not. It is, okay. It will not. So <laughs> you may or may not want this, but it's yeah. it's a massively just brilliant novel about how things like how world conflicts can spin out of hand with fascinating characters. It's a magnificent book, mm-hmm. but it's not going to make you sleep any better. It's night. not going to give you a good escape, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, it did for me when I read it. I read it between Christmas and New Year's. But, you know, the more I, I thought about it afterwards, I thought, oh, gosh, this is just far too close. To a bit heavy. Current event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A bit heavy. Those are great recommendations. Anything on the lighter side that you think might be? I've read some great ones lately, like uh, The School for Good Mothers and The Maid. Have you read any of those ones? I uh, uh, haven't read those. Well, I was going to say, if you're, the lighter side, the two mysteries I recommend by Richard Osman, yep. mm-hmm. Thursday Murder Club and The Man Who Died Twice, are pretty light. Very funny. Like they are, they're crime novels, but they're very funny. And very briefly, they are about a kind of very, you know, high-end seniors' residence in in oh. England. And the seniors, they, you know, the residents get together and they have a little club where they look at unsolved crimes and just for that are in the news and just sort of start, you know, what what might the answer be? But what becomes evident as this time goes on is that one of the residents clearly is. Imagine if Judy Dench as M from the Bond movies, yeah. had decided to retire and go and live in this kind of a residence. Oh, as wow. it goes on, we come to realize that this one resident, this has to be her kind of a background. And she knows stuff that you can't imagine that she knows. Like that's, and that's oh, that kind of what so becomes good. so interesting, is that imagining that kind of a person in that environment. And so they're very, very funny. So I'm going to recommend that one to my mom. As you know, you signed a book for my mom before, but yeah. also, so funny, the reference you just made, I'll just do a loop on that. My mom actually lived in residence with Judy Dench in London growing up. Oh, yes. Yeah, at college. You're uh, kidding, really? Nope. Yeah, they're pretty cool. She said she was constantly doing soliloquies in the hallway and annoying all the other students, but there you oh go. My she, God. Did, she did okay in the end, that's, right? <laughs> well, that's funny. You know, one time I was over on a tour, on a book tour in England, all over the place, and my wife came with me, but she stayed in London while I went off to all these other places staying in the hotel. And so she phones me one night and she says, guess who sat at the table next to mine? Oh and we gosh. had a little, like, a little chat. And I went, you're kidding me. 
Dame Judy. I'm yeah, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much for these recommendations, Linwood. They're, they've been enjoyable. I'm definitely going to look some of these up myself. And we can find you all over social media. Well, at Twitter at Linwood underscore Barclay and on Facebook as well. And anywhere on any bestselling list, anytime. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks for Linwood. Me. Take care. Lori Darlington is president and CEO of RBC Direct Investing, RBC's online brokerage for do-it-yourself investors. She's joining us today to talk about some intriguing findings from a recent RBC poll, which asked younger Canadians aged 18 to 34 about how they look at investing. Good morning, Lori. Thank you for joining us as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. Thanks for having me, Kathy. So your poll findings called out a number of popular misconceptions we may have as grandparents and parents about how younger adults in our families think about money. Could we start by digging into some of those misconceptions a bit? Absolutely, Kathy. There were three misconceptions in particular that these younger do-it-yourself investors we surveyed wanted to counter and, and really set the record straight. The first one is that they are not all focused on instant gratification. They've got long-term goals that they're investing for and they want to build their financial future. The second misconception is that they do worry about money. And finally, they don't think that they know everything. Now, I will have to add, a number of them did uh, did add that while they don't think that they know everything, they do believe that they know more about investing than their parents think they do. But the majority also said they want to learn more, which is music to my ears, as RBC Direct Investing helps investors of all ages to be uh, continuous learners. That's so interesting. I have um, kids in the, I have a, my youngest is 19 and my oldest is 30. I have four kids, so they're right in there. And they probably do think they know a bit more about investing yeah. than me. So these, <laughs> these findings really hit home for me. So when you asked younger Canadians what they wish they had learned from their parents, like what could we have told them, they called out some topics I wish I'd learned more about when I was younger too. So I found that to be a bit of a wake-up call for grandparents and parents and probably a really good conversation starter, right, when we're talking to younger members of our families. Now you're absolutely right, Kathy. The responses to that question actually had me reflecting on my mm-hmm. own family discussions about money as well. What some of these younger Canadians told us is that they wished that they had learned more from their parents about, number one, was how to invest, but also how to save, how to budget, and how to manage day-to-day expenses while mm-hmm. saving for the future, and finally, how to manage debt. And I think some of your listeners likely also wish they'd been taught more mm-hmm. about some of these topics when they were younger, too. But you make a great point, Kathy. It's, it's such a great conversation starter, and it's likely an opportunity for, for us to learn more as well. I think so. And I do. My youngest son, who's 19, he's in business school at university, so he knows a lot of stuff. But I find that my other kids who didn't go through that um, same type of program, they don't know as much. So we need to have these conversations at home. Absolutely. So, you know, perhaps the biggest finding of all from the poll is that they, the kids and grandkids, they have a lot that they can teach us about the world of investing. What's that about? Yeah, yeah, they do. There is so much that they can teach us about this world of do-it-yourself investing in particular. So over the last couple of years, we've seen a real surge of younger Canadians joining as self-directed investors. In fact, Nearly half of all the new clients who joined us at RBC Direct Investing during the pandemic, they're under the age of 35. Wow. So as I mentioned earlier, these younger do-it-yourself investors, they're investing for the long term to support their financial goals. They're not jumping in and out of the market, and they want to keep learning. You know, And both of these things are great considerations for investors of any age. And, and I think to myself, if, if today's young investors can pay it forward by sharing their learnings right. with the, the generation which follows them, 
they'll be really setting that next generation up for early success. And I think there's also an opportunity to share some of that learning with their parents and grandparents and help some of us out in our own retirement years for success. I agree. I think that's a great suggestion. It's not just us. We're not often put in that position, right, of having advice come back to us um, from our kids. But the world has changed, and so we need to listen to them. It has. It has. It's really exciting. So this was a super interesting poll to me, and I know if we want more information on direct investing, we can go to rbcdirectinvesting.com. There's just a wealth of information there. That's right. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And, and are the poll results are there as well. Anybody who wants to dive a little bit deeper into these numbers and number one lesson we just learned, right? Listening to each other, young investors and old investors, older, I just called myself old. Anyway, <laughs> more experienced investors. How's that? Take care and thanks so much for joining me today, Lori. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. My Kobo e-reader tells me I have finished 204 books on it, and that doesn't include the paperback, hardcovers, and library books I borrow or purchase all the time. As the writer of seven books myself, I sometimes hear from people that they're sorry they borrowed my book from the library versus buying it. But they needn't be. Thanks to the Public Lending Rights Program run by the Canada Council for the Arts, I, along with 17,000 other Canadian writers, get an annual check based on the number of books and borrows that take place in the public library system. Just thought you'd like to know that. Thanks to Carolyn and Linwood for their expert picks. I can't wait to get started on all of them, either with my grandsons or on my own. Next week, Ralph Ben Murgy returns to Go To Grandma to continue our discussion on aging and saging. Ralph was on episode 15, which aired in November, when we talked about his new memoir, I Thought He Was Dead. Ralph is back to talk about renewing our purpose as we age and whether wisdom is a natural byproduct of getting older. I sure hope so, but I'm not sure that's the right answer. In January, on episode 24, we aired a conversation with Stats Canada about the aging population of Canada and explored some of the regional differences and what that might mean going forward in terms of resource allocation and programming. We continue that conversation next week with a deeper dive into the numbers and what they mean to all of us as the demographics of our country shift. Our Take 5 with RBC series will continue as usual next week, as will I, with another half hour of fun and facts. I'm your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth. Thanks for dropping in. And don't forget, you can catch up on all the previous episodes via zoomerradio.ca or wherever you find your podcasts. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.